just always stood out to me? The Pharisees. The two sins that are mentioned, there's others, but two sins that are blatantly mentioned of the Pharisees was they were envious of Jesus and their love of money. These group of men staring in the face of the Son of God, totally blind because they wanted to be God in their envy and they loved money so much. That was their ultimate motive of what they were doing and why they were doing it. Watch out, man, watch out, watch out. How many have stumbled because of envy and a desire for temporal earthly prosperity? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Live in the Light, or maybe welcome for the very first time. Live in the Light is a radio ministry intentionally and even urgently seeking radical transformation in our lives through the revelation of God's Word. Put simply, we believe in the open, unashamed teaching from God's Word, and we are glad you are here today. We're so glad because you've caught up with us for a quick look at Psalm 73, and a message that calls us to look at our thought life. And here's a thought to help you think about how you think. Are you ready? Have you ever considered that how you think affects how you live? What if your thoughts are negative and negative a lot? How would that affect you? We're going to find out today as we dive into God's word together. So let's turn things over to Pastor Robbie with today's message in Psalm 73. The distractions that get in our way sometimes that make us vulnerable. Real quick, I remember many, many years ago, I was at a golf course looking for an umbrella in the midst of rain. And I remember I was looking, hey, go get an umbrella in the back. I went to look at an umbrella. I did not see there's a whole uh, wooden staircase below me with concrete pad at the bottom. I literally went to reach for the thing and I... I went to step left and there was no step or it was a step. It was about four feet away from me. And I literally did cartwheels down the wood stairs, landed on the concrete splat. If that happened to me now, I'd be in the hospital for eight months, okay? Back then, somehow 29, whatever I was, I'm married. Somehow I landed on the ground. I was just like, what in the world? Got up and kind of brushed myself off. My friend was like, are you dead? And I'm like, I don't know. Anyways, distracted. And all of a sudden you miss your footing and you are in great danger. That's ASAP. Here he is, he's testifying. He says, you gotta be careful, man. You gotta be aware. But here's the question. How did he get to this point? How did he almost stumble? What was the cause? Let me put it formally, okay? Formally speaking, this is the cause of his almost stumbling. His thinking was stinking. Again, look at verse three. Look at, look at, look at. He was distracted with envy. He was deceived by prosperity. You know how many lives are ruined by those two things? Do you know how many lives get off the track and path of following Jesus Christ with envy and then wanting prosperity? That's always stood out to me. The Pharisees, the two sins that are mentioned, there's others, but two sins that are blatantly mentioned of the Pharisees was they were envious of Jesus and their love of money. These group of men staring in the face of the Son of God, totally blind 
because they wanted to be God in their envy and they loved money so much. That was their ultimate motive of what they were doing and why they were doing it. Watch out, man, watch out, watch out. How many have stumbled because of envy and a desire for temporal earthly prosperity? Asaph's like, man, I was, I was, I was getting distracted. I was, I was off track. This spiritual man deceived in mind, listen, deceived in mind, therefore misled in life. Notice this too, ready? Notice how his head led to his feet. What do you mean? In other words, how he thought led to how he lived. Specifically his stinking thinking here in point number one. Let me just break it down for us. We can see in verses two and three. Asaph got into a very bad place. He doubted God's goodness. He's like, how come the wicked are being blessed? How come I think like the godly are being cursed? He started doubting God's goodness. Is that something that you've been susceptible to in recent months, weeks? Is God really in control? Is this thing really happening? How come things are, how do he was distracted by worldliness. I mean, this is, this, is, this is probably top three, if not the top reason so many Christians are so weak in our world today. They just flat out love this more than they love the Lord. So many stumble all the time right here. They slip and they fall because their eyes are off of Christ. They're just on all these things around them. And how about this envying wickedness? Of course, when you're like this, and you're probably going to end up there too. How come I don't have, how come I can't get? Because your value system has gone from treasures in heaven to treasures on earth. You're dead. It's over. That won't end well. See, these things in Asaph, that's an awesome recipe for slipping, stumbling, falling off the cliff. He's like, I almost did. I almost did. I almost did. Just take an inventory right now. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? People at home right now, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Yeah, I'm talking about Holy Spirit right now. I'm talking to all of us. Everyone here right now? Everyone watching right now, and Holy Spirit, do it, do it. Take these and pull people back. Pull people, those right now watching, listening, you are you're in the process of, and the Holy Spirit reaches his hand out and grabs you right now by his grace. Awesome. That's what he does. So kind. So amazing, so powerful. You know, I, uh, I was on a Zoom call with several pastoral colleagues this week within the GCC here in Ontario, and it's amazing to me, all of us are burdened on some level or another with the general opportunity for distraction and drift among God's people. We are in a season right now where it's just set up for the flesh like big time. When COVID started and this whole season and the different issues raised, that was a season people pressing in and shock and, and just like, what is, you know, what's happening? And just seemed to be the heightened and everyone's kind of, you know, uh, church and the Lord and the word. And, but as time goes on now, this is a tremendous season for the flesh. If you want it to be, there's less accountability. I don't need to really go to church if I don't want to now. I just don't have to engage in the way I do. I'm getting checks from the government in some cases for just being at home in some cases. It's just, it's set up for the flesh of unusual opportunities for laziness, complacency, lethargy, Slothfulness, in some cases. If you want to take advantage of a fleshly opportunity, it's among us right now. And the way we have to battle this is to get our minds renewed on what life is actually about and the purpose we actually know we have in Jesus Christ. And that's where stinking thinking is so dangerous. But this is where a renewed mind happening right now, I might add, is so powerful. 
Sign number one, I'm distracted in danger of slipping. By the way, if the Lord's speaking to you about these things, man, do, do not hesitate for one second. You run as fast as you can to Jesus. You run to him, you confess, you repent. You just say, Lord, you've spoken to me today and I wanna be safe in your arms. I want you to hold me so tight, Lord, because you, you are the rock. None of this sand stuff anymore, God. You're the rock. And I wanna be on the rock. Sign number two from our text, that I have stinking thinking. Sign number two is that I have a preoccupation with the wicked. I have a preoccupation with the wicked. So what we have in verses four to 12 is Asaph is detailing with tremendous detail, his observation and description of the wicked. What is behind Asaph's cry of injustice? Behind his cry of injustice is this, the godly should be blessed and the wicked should be cursed. God, why aren't you doing this? But listen, listen, ready, ready? That's not the way it works, is it, in this life? The wicked are not cursed and the godly are not, not in the terms that Asaph is describing. Well, what do we know? In terms of Asaph's observations in our world right now, we see criminals who are incredibly rich. We see horrible people holding incredible power. We see the unregenerate worshiped in their arenas of incredible prosperity and prestige. We see blasphemers boasting in their self-glory and seemingly nothing happens to them. I want you to notice here, Asaph's value system is temporarily out of whack. His value system seems to be on the temporal earthly level. He's going to get there though. He's going to get, he's going to switch to treasures in heaven at the end. And then all his satisfaction comes on the Lord, but he's not there right now. He's recalling when his thinking was stinking. So let's walk through here, these verses, verse four to 12, just really quick. You can follow along with me. I will go fast, but notice what he says. So verse four, the wicked seem to live such painless lives. How come they always seem to be healthy and strong? Verse five, the wicked seem to have less trouble than the godly. They don't carry the same stresses. They're not plagued with the same problems. You know, I've, I've always thought life before Christ for me, life before Christ was easier. It just was. Now you have to know, man, life after Christ is infinitely better. I mean, just infinitely. But if you look back, it was easier. You know, all the things you think about, this battle against sin, caring about all these things in the Lord and holiness and godliness in the kingdom. I mean, just before Christ, it certainly was easier. As the Bible promises is that life in Christ will be harder. Verse six, the wicked are not punished. So their pride becomes their necklace. They love themselves. And this leads to violence against others. Verse seven, the wicked are swimming in self-indulgence. They're in the pool of foolishness. Verses eight and nine, their lips drip with corruption. They brazenly speak blasphemies against God with shameless irreverence. They place themselves above God and they even see themselves as demigods. Verse 10, the wicked are followed, imitated, and lauded upon. How true is that? Then and now. Verse 11, the wicked say that God is dead, that God is asleep or he's blind. At the very least, God is clueless. And then in verse 12, we have the summary phrase regarding the wicked, all in vain, or sorry, behold, verse 12, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. So what's happening here? What's, what's, what's Asaph doing? He's a very subtle and deceptive thought pattern 
And really he's saying this, man, the world has it easy. The rich have it easy. They're fat and rich. They're just, they're living the life. Look at those pagans, always happy, easy, lavished in luxury, ever increasing. They don't have the worries that I carry. Now remember, Asaph's looking back upon his period of stinking thinking. And let's just, let's just notice how preoccupied Asaph is, better yet, if you look at verses four, the detail he's expressing of the wicked around him, you could say it's not just preoccupation, it's obsession. Think of how much time in Asaph's thought life he has spent on comparing himself with the worldliness and the people around him. As you read through verses four to 12, you almost get anxious with him. You sense his frustration, if not his anger. He's angry. There's injustice here. How come the rich are prospering and I'm over here suffering? I think this is one of the bottom lines here for Asaph. He has been so preoccupied with the actions of the wicked, listen, 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 that he has lost sight and vision of his God. I'll say it again. Great danger for the church in our day right now. He has been so preoccupied with the actions of the wicked that it has caused him to lose sight and vision of his God. So this becomes a very important moment for us as a church right now. Question, where's your mind at right now? Where's your mind? How are you thinking? I personally cannot recall a time of more information, manipulation, and confusion. There is massive preoccupation all around us. Asaph's eyes were on the persecutors, the proud, the politicians, the prosperous, the pomp, and the powerful. You get the feeling that at this season of Asaph's life, every conversation he had, something like this would come up. Something of verses 4 and 12 would come up. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we fill our mind with will ultimately be what we talk about what we fill our mind with will ultimately be the fruit of our lives as well. The preoccupation with the wicked that is polluting his mind is therefore now hindering his heart. Let me ask you right now, with all this massive amounts of information, what's more prevalent in your life right now? These are, these are such an important question. Is the news more prevalent or the Bible more prevalent in your life right now? Just, just, just answer honestly. What, what is taking up more of your thought life? Twitter or the New Testament? Facebook or the word of God? Again, the news and the headlines, it's not wrong necessarily to watch the news, of course. Well, you can do that in a wrong way, that's for sure. You can become obsessed with it and it becomes everything you think about and talk about. But is it, if, if we're filling our minds right now with all that information and we are not cleansing it and renewing it with this, you're toast, guaranteed toast. You're toast. You can't do it. You got to filter, 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 renew, cleanse, 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 renew, 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 renew. Truth, 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 truth. Where do we find truth? There's one source. It's the word of God. Let me ask you, is there, is there a current preoccupation in your life right now that has resulted in some stinking thinking? For a lot of us right now, we got it. All right, Holy Spirit's like, yeah, you know, we, we've been knowing. Holy Spirit's like, we knew about this for a long time now, right? So we're just confirming. 
This is the area. This is the topic. This is the subject right now. Too preoccupied. Let's get back to the things of the Lord. Three signs of stinking thinking. Number one, I'm distracted in danger of slipping. Number two, I have a preoccupation with the wicked. That won't be helpful. Number three, I believe holiness is pointless. That's a huge indicator of stinking thinking. I believe holiness is pointless. Again, look at, look at, look at verse 13 with me now. Look at, look at, look at verse 13. So this is, this is where he ends up. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. So notice what happens when the mind gets corrupted. When the mind gets corrupted, then at this point, it goes down a path where the Asaph says holiness is deemed as useless. See, his thoughts are obsessing on the wicked so much, he then begins to convince himself. He's like, well, what's the point of purity? It's not working anyways. I mean, I try to be pure before the Lord. I'm not blessed. All the wicked seem to be blessed. And I'm over here and I'm suffering and I have a hard life. And he's like, what's the point? He says, all in vain have I kept myself clean. Really? Really, can you, can you imagine getting to that? Well, of course we can because it does happen to us as well. But what a, what a lie from hell, isn't it? The lie from hell that says, Holiness is useless. Purity, there is no point. When in reality, I read Romans 6 this morning in my readings. Romans 6 is describing in summary how sanctification is the ultimate goal of the Christian life for the glory of God. It's not vain. Holiness is everything we're created to be, to be transformed into the image of God. I read that this morning. Praise God for the timing. All in vain, I've, no, 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 not in vain. There may be times you feel that in this moment, but the reality is, again, the holiness is the goal of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of our salvation. Jesus said in John 15, by your fruit, you shall prove to be my disciples. Holiness is the proof. We are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. But, but stinking thinking takes you other places, man. Stinking thinking, he's like, ah, there's no point. Holiness, there's no point. I've tried, doesn't work. God doesn't see. Just again, again, it's the path. Some of you watching right now at home, some of us here right now, you've been on this path of stinking thinking. You may not said it out loud like that in verse 13, but you've been been saying very similar things or thinking them anyways. And just, I would would, would get get your spiritual vehicle and I would just like stop and like back, back up, you know, and then go a different route, man, because that road's not leading you anywhere good. Look at verse 14. It just, it, it starts to get worse. For all day long have I been stricken and rebuked every morning. So notice now, his stinking thinking has now moved to self-pity and self-pity has now moved into hyperbole. He's hyperbolic. It, woe, woe is me. Life is so hard. I suffer so, oh, it never ends. Notice, notice, all day long I'm stricken. I'm rebuked every morning. Is it, re- is it really that bad, Asaph? Well, it seems like it is when your mind starts going down the gutter. Now, listen, no doubt the Christian life is difficult and promised pain, right? That's again reminding us what we are promised in the New Testament. But do you see how stinking thinking leads to despair? He's like, what's the point of my purity? My suffering, he's like, my suffering means my sanctification is in vain. And actually, loved ones, ready, ready? What does the New Testament tell us? 
The New Testament tells us that discipline and suffering is the proof, is the proof of our life in Jesus Christ. But his thinking, thinking is like, oh, I'm suffering, therefore it's all, it's all for naught, it's all pointless. Actually, suffering is promised in the Christian life. Again, it's part of the reality, Romans 5, that we are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 15, he says, if I had said I would speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. So to his credit, Asaph says, if I said these things out loud, my stinking thinking would become other people's stinking thinking. But in order that I don't betray your children, I have kept my voice quiet. I have I have shut my mouth in this regard. So again, sometimes the only thing worse than your stinking thinking is when you pollute other people's lives, pollute other people's lives with your stinking thinking. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. There are many times in life just a femme to bouche. Just like keep, keep the mouth shut, man. Because you know whatever you're about to say, it's just like your verbiage might as well be vomit. You know what I'm saying? There's times in life where we get to those points. And at that point, it's just the, the discipline of like, you know, put your mask on and somehow zip up your lips at the same time, right? And, and Asaph's like, he's like, yeah, man, if I would have said things out loud, that would have, so, so he's in a bad spot. Listen, listen, he's in a bad spot and he knew he needed help. Maybe you're here today, you're watching online right now, you're here in this place right now, you know you're in a bad spot and you need help too. Well, if you want help, you got to come back next week, okay? Actually, actually, because he is going to turn the corner and then, oh, I'm excited about next week already. I'm, I'm jacked about it already. Listen, let me give you a bit of a preview, okay? Look at, look, at, look at verse 16 and 17, okay? So he's given his testimony of his stinking thinking, his, his negative mindset, his, his just pollution of his ideas of God and holiness. And he says in verse six or verse 16, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me, he's like, I was so tired even thinking about how to think about it. It seemed to me a wearisome task. He's like, oh, I'm exhausted to try to understand why all these things are happening in my life and why my mind's so up. But then verse 17, until, 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 until I went into the sanctuary of God. The sanctuary, I'd love this verse is here right now for us. The sanctuary of God in New Testament terms is the church. Of course, it's the temple in the Old Testament, but it's the church. Until I went into the house of God, until I was with the people of God, until I was under the word of God, until I was in the worship of the son of God, until I was held accountable and encouraged and blessed by the very place and people I know I need to be with until I went into the sanctuary of God with the wisdom of God and the glory of God and the purity of God and the songs of God and the truth of God and again, the people of God and the accountability of God and again, the wisdom and mind-renewing clarity of God. It is here that I discerned their end and the true reality of all the things that have made me so anxious all these weeks and months previously. Let me just say this, man, and I'm going to be saying a lot of this in the weeks to come, Lord willing, whatever. Again, everyone here, those who are watching right now, whatever you do, wherever you are right now, take steps to get closer to the church of God. If it's, if it's virtually, do it. If it's, if it's physical, do it. Take steps towards 
the Lord. This Psalm is gonna end. It is good to be near God. Those who are apart from God, destruction and hell. That's what it's gonna say next week. But those who are near God are those who are alive in God. And the single greatest instrument and organization to draw near God is the church of God. Let me say it again. Whatever you do in the weeks and days to come and all these lies that are out there right now, just take steps towards the pursuit and the closeness of God and his people in some form, in some way. Do not miss that. You will be so blessed by it. This is what Asaph's going to do. And listen, as he does it, his stinking thinking is destroyed. When he enters into the sanctuary of God, I, lo I, lo I love when we're living out what's happening in the like Right now, today, right now, in this room, right now, there's much stinking thinking being destroyed as you entered the sanctuary of God. I know we're the sanctuary. The people of God, this building's not it, but you come together with God's people and stinking thinking is being destroyed right now by God's word and God's spirit and his truth and his wisdom and his songs. That's why we need each other. That's why we need this right now. That's why this pulpit's so important. That's what's happening right now. And I have every right to be excited about it because you want to see people go from straying off into the ditch to getting back where they need to be. And that's part of everything we're called to do. Come back, come back, be focused, be focused, live with purpose. And trust me, you know what? I need this message as much as anyone, praise the Lord. Because I suffer the same temptations you do. Want to clap, us clap. I like clapping in church. Yay. You can always clap at home too. It's always great. Do it. Join us there. So this is so powerful. This is where we're going next week. Oh, you're showing up next week, man. I, I pray you are, because it's going to be so great, man, when he starts to unpack this and starts to discern the reality of what's there. So, so listen, let me end here. The answer to everything, everything in life, the answer to all that we're talking about is Jesus Christ. I am, I am distracted and in danger of slipping. Well, let me, let me give you the answer to that scenario. Jesus is the rock. You stand on Jesus, you're not slipping. You have an eternal foundation, a house built on the rock, not on sand. You have a preoccupation with the wicked right now. It is distracting you. The worldliness is killing. Jesus says, why do you hunger for that which cannot satisfy? Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus says, I am the satisfaction. I am the purpose and meaning and joy and fulfillment. And some of you watching right now, you're longing for this. You have not had it. Jesus Christ is your answer. Jesus Christ, the way to heaven, the truth of this life and life itself is only found in Jesus Christ through his death, his resurrection and the life that he lived. Some of you right now might be tempted to say, holiness is pointless. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And the greatest signs that we actually love the Lord Jesus Christ is holiness. It's holiness. The answer to everything is Jesus. So maybe you're like me today, man, and you say, you know what, Lord, this is a restart. This is a refresh. This is a renewal right now. I'm putting all my idols down. I'm gonna confess, Lord, I'm returning to you. I wanna just get my mind clean right now today, Lord, where I am. You're meeting me at my home right now, Lord. This, this, this message, this time, this moment, it's me. God, you have drawn me to this place right now and I wanna just surrender. I just wanna surrender, Lord. 
and enough of me, enough of the world, Jesus, all for Jesus. All my hopes, all my ambitions, all my plans. Let's just prepare ourselves, loved ones. I'm just so thankful for God's word. Let's just pray. And we're gonna sing this song and I pray it'd be such a song of receptivity among God's people. I pray there'd be such a desire to just say these words and have hearts turned over and to have such authentic responses here right now too. Lord, would you, would you be doing that? And maybe just as we are about to sing this, what do you want to say to your God based on his words so far today? What do you want to say? What do you need to say to your God right now? You take some moments right now and you, oh yeah, I, I, do, I do. Lord, may it be a time of renewal and restart and refresh. I pray for many of us, Lord, there's been a sense of just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is, you're speaking right to me, Lord. And I pray, I will not miss this. I will, you're the answer. You're the answer, Jesus. May it be so. We pray in Jesus' name. If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.